Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Oscar Buendia. Thanks for being on the show this morning, Oscar. Awesome, man. I'm stoked. Like I've told you before, this, I'm a fan of the show and I'm excited to be on. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you on. And and first, I just want to say thank you for your service, Oscar, to our country. He's in the military and just want to support him in that way and grateful for that. But a little about him, he and his brother, German, are making it happen in real estate investing. They are owners of REI Brothers and Good Day Capital. REI is their podcast for financial freedom through multifamily and Good Day Capital is their real estate investment firm where they bring deals to investors. Oscar, again, welcome to the show. Grateful to have you and, and you know get us started a little bit with your specialty in this business and and uh, what you all are focused on right now and let's let's dive into how you've done it awesome and so a little bit of my background so it started you know like most people finding the the smaller deals whether it was through wholesaling subject to i did a little bit of any of those and then you know recently actually in, in 2019 we we purchased our our first large individual. It was a JV between my brother and I, a 20 unit portfolio. And it was all small multifamily, non-commercial. And from there, I mean, it, it just opened our mind to limiting the leaves and dropping everything as far as how you can scale, how you can make the puzzle work and the lending piece of it, which up until then, I, I was looking at just regular residential lending. And then I started looking into commercial really found these ridiculous interest rates that commercial lenders uh, provide. And I was like, wow, this is such a better way for margins for everything. And then from there, it just blew up. We started getting deals from anything from 50 unit to 150 units, and mainly in Ohio. We, that's where we were, our entry point. And because Ohio is a, a cheaper entry point, just allowed us to do that. That was our one of our main strategies is looking at what market we can tap into and and at our comfortable entry point, right? If you go to Florida or Texas, the entry point might be a lot higher, right? So that's something as a someone who's scaling, you have to look at it, make sure you you're comfortable with because you don't want to get in over your head either. Let's dive into that a little bit. I know there's many of listeners who are in your shoes or have been or, or almost wish they were maybe and getting to the point that you have now and thinking through that a little bit. I wanted to back up to how the small multifamily, you talked about exposed those limiting beliefs. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? There's just the mindset around that so crucial in getting started. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we were, like I said, we were, I was doing wholesaling at the time and I was, I actually had a couple of deals taken from me from a mentor, right? Quote unquote mentor, where I, I found like a 50% margin. He basically flipped them and he took a million dollars off the deal. I didn't know what to do with them at the time, but he took them. And then from there, I, I got kind of sour taste at, at, you know, that, that level of real estate. So I started looking at other markets and how to get bigger. And our initial process was, hey, let's go buy a few homes, pay cash out in Ohio, entry points cheaper. But we were approached with a 300 unit portfolio, portfolio residential, and they wanted to offload it. And we said, okay, well, how do we do this 300 units? 
eventually we scaled it down to 30 and then we realized, okay, let's stick at 20. That's our comfort number. And it really, even 20 at that moment was hard because we were talking close to a million dollars and we were looking at how to structure it, how to everything. So we started calling and calling people, lenders, you name it. And finally we got the help to say, Hey, this is how you should structure it and we can help you. And we're like, Oh wow, man, that, that, that doesn't seem too hard. Let's, let's just do it. Ran numbers, felt comfortable and just took option action from there. Right. And that's what I mean by crushing those limiting beliefs, because until you put yourself in that situation to say, can I do it or not do it? You won't know before that everything's in your head saying, Oh no, that's too much for me. That's, that's out of my realm. But the moment you get in a situation and your back is against the wall and you want to make it happen, if you truly want to make it happen, you will. Right. If not, then, then it's not meant to be. And that's okay because another opportunity will come. But now you have that experience through that little setback to know, Hey, I can go and do this at another time because now I have that little bit of knowledge. Right. So that's what I mean. Can't be afraid to fail. Right. Yeah. It can't be. And it completely changed our mindset because, you know, now we're talking with people and, and, you know, investors with millions of dollars. You would have told me two years ago, I'm talking with people that have $80 million in reserves that they say, Hey, if you have a deal, let me know. I would have told you you're crazy. You know, I, I, that's a whole different world, you know, and it's, it's awesome. So tell me about some of the first action steps then that you took or, or like finding a mentor. Did you, you know, or what did that look like? You know, you already had one bad experience with a mentor, right? You know, but moving forward, did you use mentors then or, you know, how did, and how did you find them? No. So this was, this was all trial by fire initially, right? Once we got to that spot where we were, well, let me back up. Trial by fire. In fact, that I had other buying homes in Colorado Springs where I was stationed at before, and it was all working well. So I, I learned how to do it at a smaller scale first, individually analyze the numbers. And then from there, that's when we, we did a large, you know, single shop purchase. But we made a lot of mistakes, right? So we did horrible and due diligence. I mean, this was a pure mom and pop owner. She had everything in a notebook. So we had to verify everything. And even then, when we verified, there were things that were wrong. And, you know, we messed up on it. The responsibilities on us where leases were actually not correct. And then just the turnover, once you take over tenants, they just, they know and they don't want to do anything. So we had a lot of headaches and we learned from that. But because we had so many headaches, that right there then forced us to think, okay, we need true mentors, right? And for us, it was key. It was uh, Jake and Gino. Uh, we joined the Jake and Gino community. Uh, I can't speak any any better about them than I do all day, every day anyway, because they truly are. We get like four coaches and everything from analyzing deals to this and that. And yeah, and that to me has been instrumental because it's changed also our level of sophistication. And I'm all about reaching out for coaching and mentorship. With our podcast, we're looking to monetize and, and ask people and pay people who have done it as far as like, hey, how do you properly monetize? Same thing with affiliate marketing for our website, things like that. I mean, if I'm not an expert and I haven't done it, I'm going to reach out to the people that have done it. And if I have to pay, that's okay because I'd rather pay for quality than stumble my way into people who don't know what they're doing and just taking my money. 
I know Jake and Gino personally can't speak highly enough of them. I mean, they're just amazing guys. So uh, grateful that you brought them up. But then I just also just finding a, a, a mentor like that. I, I know to me, it was just crucial, you know, finding someone that I could ask questions of, right? It just gives you that extra layer of confidence that you wouldn't have, you know, just knowing that there's somebody there that's on your side, unlike that first mentor, you know, that you talked about, you know, you thought he was going to help you and then ended up helping himself. And I would say he missed out, you know, he could have had somebody that, you know, to partner with and, and, and made a lot more money long term. I think it was somebody that was very short sighted, you know, very short sighted. What about, you know, now you've, you've got into the business, you know, you had a setback there in the beginning, but you pushed forward, you discovered some limiting beliefs, you found a good mentor. Now you're doing, you know, somewhat larger deals, you know, you've opened your mind up to doing bigger things now, you know, in, in the real estate space. Talk about some of those systems that you all have created, you know, that's helped you to think about scaling now. Yeah, absolutely. So that has been the biggest thing in this past year, because we realized with our proper system and proper base and a team to take care of things, especially being a W-2 worker, right? I'm still in the military. My brother is retiring this year, but he's going to be the boots on the ground. The issue, well, not the issue, but what we discovered is we need to scale that, right? So first thing is I hired an executive assistant and I'm talking about a quality one. I didn't go for a VA. There's a difference, right? So, and she created SOPs for me. She created a lot of things that I could do, but I don't have the time to do, right? Now, like, for example, our podcast is, is it turns. I record, she takes the recordings. You know, I don't worry about anything. I just, you know, pretty much just get on the call like how we're doing now. But then with those SOPs, we're going to pass it down to other VAs who are going to handle our marketing and our uh, part of the house. And then I'm, um, working really hard on the investor relations side, which is we, we have platforms. I'll name my platform Invest Next for where we show our deals. And you know, I, I think that's one of the cheapest and best platforms out there. Uh, and I want to give them a shout out right now. We also use InvestNext and just a great team. We've worked with them for, I guess, a little over a year now and have done numerous deals through their platform. Can't speak highly enough of them and the customer service alone. You can actually find a uh, on our website on Whitney's recommendations under, I think it's under the, our about tab on our website. You can find a link to InvestNext and put your email in there and we'll get you some information about them and connect you. But anyway, glad you brought them up. Glad you're using them. So you found a great portal. I wanted to back up. You hired this assistant. You know, you said quality. Well, what does what does that mean to you? And, and you know, I've I've used assistants for lots of things, and whether it's job specific things versus now I have you know for the best assistant that I've ever had as far as a personal assistant. You know, what does that mean to you though, Oscar? As far as having the quality assistant versus just finding somebody on Upwork or whatever. Yeah, I think for me, it's someone that could critically think based on what I'm, I'm giving them as well, not just follow a simple direction, right? And also education to me plays a factor, right? The person that we hired, for example, she has an MBA, has operations experience, and she went to a American satellite school in Mexico and speaks better English than me, probably better English than you. <laughs> I was so impressed. And that to me is quality because it shows that she can also, while she lives in another country, she can relate at a high level with a you know, business individuals here in the U.S. And she's going to play a key role in investor outreach for Latin America, which we're, we're working on right now. That to me is quality, right? If I'm hiring a graphic designer, it might not be, I don't need someone who has an MBA. I don't. 
I need someone that can great graphic design and maybe posts here and there for social media. But when it comes to the operations of an actual business, I need someone to know business. How did you find this person? I looked through Upwork, Fiverr, what's the other one? There's one specifically for Philippine. I forget the website. Onlinejobs.ph. Yeah, that one. But I looked through everywhere, right? And then trial by fire as well. I spoke to about, I don't know, 10, 15 different executive assistants. And they're not cheap. I mean, they're anywhere from minimum $20 an hour to you name it, right? So you got to pick your flavor and your, your price range, but you just got to do it, make a commitment. And you'll see, shout out to Michael Hyatt's book, World Class Assistant. If you're reading that book, yeah, your time maximizes, right? So now you have time to do what is important, which is actually plan out and run your business. Nice. Uh, my assistant and I have both read that book, that, you know, your world-class assistant, and been through some of those things. Can't recommend that enough either. I think I read it in a day. It's a really quick read, but very, very worth your while. Oscar, speak to a couple of systems that you and your assistant have put in place that have helped you to, say, gain back more time or be better organized or be more productive. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, just the fact that she created our SOPs for the social media and our podcast, I mean, social media and podcasts were taking up so much of our time. And anyone that says, hey, you know that that's their main gig, that's awesome. But that's not our main gig, right? We like that because we educate. We also get to meet people, talk to people and vice versa. But our job is landing deals. And for this past year, it's taken a lot of time. So she went ahead and created those SOPs. And from there, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't really worry about it. She goes, go, I record to zoom she knows could be annotated from there she throws it out puts it into a folder all the deliverables from the company that we use to create everything and then from there she starts scheduling posts on our social media things like that we'll comment back and we'll do that piece but as far as all the minute things and, and beforehand i sat down and i wrote down everything i want to outsource and everything i want to do Commenting and interacting is something I want to do, my brother wants to do, but the posting and the little details of how to make it happen, I don't want to do that. That takes time, you know, and it's not value added to my time. What would you do different now in your first deal if you'd have known then what you know now? Man, it's hard to say, you know, why? because that first deal, even though it brought us a lot of problems, opened up so many doors, right? So... I don't know if I would have done anything different, <laughs> to be honest. I wish I would have done, I found syndication and joined Jake and Gino beforehand. Because I think we would have been, maybe we would have been in other deals that a lot better. Because one of the things that we, we pride ourselves in, we were pretty good at off-market deals in Ohio. We networked a lot with wholesalers and just guys boots on the ground and found ways to bring them in if we close on the deal. And that worked very well. So I think we could have done that better, but I can't say I would change anything really because, I mean, it's, it's been an adventure and it's been a great one and it continues to, to grow the, the way it's supposed to, right? Oscar, how do you prepare for a potential downturn in your real estate business? So everything that we see is right. I mean, I think everyone's seen it. Cap rates are... <laughs> are compressed. I think there's a little bit of denial in the market, but it's all because there are some stimuluses that are keeping things alive and going. So there's factors there. 
But for us, to be honest, when we look at deals, we're looking at being extremely conservative. We look at no rent growth in one one or two years, even sometimes three, depending on the market. But really, the main thing, and this comes from, from mentorship, right? One of our favorite people, Bill Ham. I don't know if you know him, but he's our deal coach. And when we talk to him, I mean, this guy has 15 years plus of experience. He tells us, hey, look, don't worry about just raising rent. That's not the only way you prepare for things. That, that's not the only way you prepare value at. So he's talking about, we look at eliminating operating expenses, right? How do we lower those instead of just looking at the way everyone does, which is raising rents, right? For us, it's that piece too, because you're not going to be able to always raise rent, especially in a downturn. That's important to know and to know how to evaluate, how to look into a, a structure and make an operation more efficient. Do you have any daily habits, Oscar, that if that you're disciplined about completing that that have helped you achieve success? And there's so much. It's been such a personal growth that's ridiculous. I would say right now the biggest one is time blocking. Just because as things have gotten bigger, my life has gotten more out of hand. I do have a family, two kids, a wife. And it's been very, very important to say no to people as well, that I will do something from time to time. And when I pick up my kids at 4.30 and I put them to bed at 8.30, that that is their time and no one else's time, right? So before I used to be on my phone and doing this and that, and that's helped too with outsourcing certain things. But I have to also be able to say no to people who want to talk during those times and say, guys, I can't, that is my time. So that has helped me because it has created a balance in my life where everyone in my family is comfortable with and I'm comfortable with. And even the weekends, so I don't do anything on the weekends. I cram everything into the week and the weekends are with my family. And, and we have to realize that that is, at least that's my why, right? I do it for my family. I'm not gonna kill my family in the process of, of uh, growing my business, right? What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? I would say our podcast, we have so much people reaching out to us in social media. It's been very exciting to see people just want to talk and we'll meet and, and we'll chat. And you know what? COVID ha- has had some good positive things, which is people are extremely open to Zoom conversations, right? In the past, it was, hey, let's meet up for coffee. Well, as a working individual who doesn't have that much time to go drive off somewhere, Zoom has been the best thing. <laughs> What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I'm curious and I'm a problem solver. I don't like status quo and I don't like being content. I always like to grow. And if I see someone doing something that is amazing, I want to know how they did it. And I want to pick their brain and ask the right questions along the way. Obviously, provide value if there's any way. That to me is I go full force and I see someone that's, that's crushing it. And it's no negative energy. I, I think... Sometimes as we, as we are growing, we may become a little bit jealous, but I think if you can learn how to curb that, like, oh, I don't know about that guy and just talk to people because you don't know. Sometimes first impressions aren't always what they seem. I've met some people that I've in the past would have been like, I don't know if I would talk to them, but now I talk to them. I'm like, man, these people are the coolest people ever. And their mindset is the best ever. Right. How do you like to give back? I think what we've been doing recently is we begin to approach a lot by the Latino community. And we always like to give back in the sense that not everyone knows that there are these private investments out there that create these ridiculous returns, right? And it's 
understandably so because it's against the law to advertise to people who are not accredited. But I think people who are really trying to build generational wealth need to know about these private investments. So the only real way is to get to know someone who's doing the deal. So we like to give back that way and showing people this is what you can do. And even if it's not with us, right? Because we advertise so many people on our podcast and say, hey, these people are doing these things. You do it too, right? So we just want to show people that there are ways that they can do it and that they can grow their money. Awesome. I'm grateful for your time today. I'm grateful. Uh, just, uh, you know, just really walking through your story. And I think it can, a lot of people listening can relate, you know, starting with small multifamily or starting wholesaling, even, even, you know, and had you had a setback, right? You had this mentor that took advantage of you, you know, and the work that you had done, but you didn't quit there. There's a key thing there. You didn't quit there, you know, and you move forward. Uh, you learn from those mistakes, even from the first property or so, and found that a uh, mentor that that's helped you a lot. And, and you all just pushed through taking action. And we, you know, you talked about just being willing to take risks. No risk, no reward. You have to be willing to step out there. But then too, I just appreciate you elaborating on some of the systems that you all created and, and the importance of hiring that assistant and a quality assistant at that. So Oscar, thank you again. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Yeah, absolutely, man. And thank you so much for, for having me on, man. I can't say enough. I've been a fan of the show for a while. So thank you. And anyone can reach us through our social media. We're really active. We have a podcast, REI Brothers. And then we're on Instagram, REI underscore brothers. We have a Facebook as well. Very active on our personal LinkedIn as well. So reach out to us if you ever want to chat, talk. We've been in other people's shoes. And even if it's not about investing, if it's just about personal growth and how to do a certain thing, let us know, man. I've helped people close on a on a single family even though that's not what i do anymore and it's just advice right so we can always chat let us know thank you so much and this has been a blast awesome oscar that's a wrap thank you so much don't go yet thank you for listening to today's episode i would love it if you would go to itunes right now and leave a rating and written review i want to hear your feedback it makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.